Hello and welcome to Cannabis Nation, where we help guide you through the wonderful and complex world of cannabis by shedding light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. I'm Nick. And I'm Susan. And this is episode 31. And it's a scary one for the holidays, for the season, you know, we thought we'd uh, bring it in spooky. So gather around, children, while we tell you the tale of MK Ultra in the CIA. Mm. No time for news or nope. reviews. This is a nope. thick episode. This yeah, is going to yeah. be a big one. Okay, and just so you know, right? We tried to reduce it. Okay. Yeah, we really did. So, <laughs> yeah. Strap in. This might be uh this might be you oh. might need a couple sessions to listen to this one, but it's Bumpy worth it. Ride. But it's once good. again, it's that Halloween season, and what better to scare you with than a tale of USA's CIA? Uh-huh. Oh, you don't think you'll be scared? You will. Well, you should be. After what we tell you, the Central Intelligence Agency was up to across the world from sea to shining sea in our very own America in the land of the free, Mm. quote unquote, supposedly. Is it? Right. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a very good place to start. Yeah. yeah, okay, so why, when, what, who is the CIA? You know, because everybody thinks they know, so let's just give you a little brief, okay? And yes, we say it as backwards on purpose because that's the order in which the development or the timeline, if you will, that the USA, CIA, and consequently other government-controlled covert entities usually happen in that yeah. order. Now, yeah, okay, so this is as brief a history as we know how to give, all right? And it's the history of the CIA and Project MKUltra because there's way more to say about the CIA. See, we thought we were just going to have this nice little romp about MKUltra. It's a strain. It's a thing. Yeah. Right. There's so much. There was so much. It blew our freaking little minds. So we're just going to start with MKUltra. But just so just know there's more to come. Yeah. Okay, so it's the end of World War II and the beginning of the Cold War with Russia. Now, President Truman had to dissolve the Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS, which President Roosevelt created and modeled after the British Intelligence Office, or MI6, at the beginning of World War II. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what happens is Congress has to vote on going to war, right? So then they go to war and then they're like, well, we're going to need this. And so Congress says, okay, you can have this for the war effort. But then when the war is over, they got to like do something else. Yeah, Congress has to vote on that and all that has to happen. They're like, James Bond's cool. We want to do that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Truman established the predecessor to the CIA called the National Intelligence Authority, okay, in January of 1946, against the wishes of the different military branches and the FBI. Yeah. Because these guys were, like, all fighting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the Air Force wanted a bomber, and the Navy wanted more subs, right? Yeah, they're all competing against each other. Right. For money. Exactly, and they all want to have their own, like, you know, little... And they do, they all have their own little intelligence branches anyway. So, the National Security Act 1947 was created... Excuse me, it created the National Security Council and then the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, which restructured the different military branches' intelligence programs. See, that's what they didn't want. Yep. Now, in 1949, the Central Intelligence Agency Act authorized the CIA to use, listen to this, okay, listen to this, 
confidential fiscal and administrative procedures and exempted it from most limitations on the use of federal funds. Okay. It also exempted the CIA from having to disclose its organization functions, officials, titles, salaries, or the even the number of people they employed. Yeah. Okay. That's what that is to say they could operate in complete secrecy with no oversight app at all. So okay, what could go wrong with that? What are you talking about? What could possibly go wrong with that? Well, I'll tell you what could go wrong with that. A terrible, horrific baby was born. I'll tell you that. And it was called the CIA. Yeah, an absolutely terrifying. Oh, my God. Terrifying baby. Uh, While this intelligence program jungle was happening, we were also scooping up Nazis with Operation Paperclip. Yeah. Thickens. Absolutely insane. So like we said, end of World War II again. Operation Paperclip was an intelligence operation with the goal of acquiring as many Nazi scientists, engineers, and doctors as possible after World War II had Mm -hmm, ended. mm -hmm. With the Cold War starting, the goal was to get a leg up on the Soviet Union, knowing that many of the Nazi scientists were able to experiment with no boundaries, including human rights, (laughs) and had information we simply couldn't have ascertained ourselves. Not in a million years. One of these science was Werner von Braun, inventor of the V-2 rocket, which was responsible for taking us to the moon and winning the space race against the Soviets. Yeah, absolutely. Which, so, you know, kind of a positive. Yeah, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But we also acquired many scientists and doctors who specialize in chemical and biological agents like Otto Arbos. Mm -hmm. Abros, excuse me. Uh, He was the inventor of sarin gas. Yeah. uh, Which, if you don't know, very deadly. Which the Third Reich used to exterminate millions in gas chambers. Uh Uh-huh. Research and ideas from these scientists, as well as active participation later, paired with an unhealthy fear of the Soviets and what they were up to mm-hmm. is directly what inspired the MK Ultra program. Yep. All in all, the U.S. acquired 1,600 former Nazis yeah. and the Soviets 2,200. Right. And in the late 40s and early 50s, the CIA became paralyzed with fear that communists had perfected some kind of drug or potion or a technique that would allow them to control human minds. What? They not only believed that the communists had approached or reached this holy grail, but that the CIA itself should also find a way to do it. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, remember, fear is the motivating factor in all of the things that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, okay. and it was all based on assumptions. They had no yeah. actual evidence no. that this was... They, they were just like, <laughs> well, they must have. Well, of course, because... These, we're thinking about it, so, so they got to be thinking about it. And they've got more Nazis than we do. Right. So you know those guys must have thought of it, too. Mm-hmm. And they had experiments on those people that didn't... Yeah, wow. Okay, yeah. the CIA ordered the creation of a few secret programs intended to find ways to mind control, Okay. First, there was Project Bluebird, which begat Project Artichoke, which finally morphed into the famous uh, Project MK Ultra. These were illegal human experimentation programs, people, intended to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used in interrogations to weaken individuals and force confessions through brainwashing and psych- psychological torture. A truth serum, if you will, is what they were looking for that would make prisoners say everything they knew. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal was to create 
of a drug that would make people forget what they had done and most important a technique or drug that would allow the CIA to direct agents to carry out acts like sabotage or assassinations and then forget who had ordered them to do it or even that they'd carried out the action at all. Yeah. Okay. So like that movie, the Manchurian candidate, this was actually something that they were trying to do. Okay. So these experiments included MDMA, as they say, ecstasy, mescaline, heroin, barbiturates, methamphetamine, and uh, psychobin? Psilocybin. Psilocybin, thanks for the magic mushrooms. But most famously, the CIA began to experiment with LSD. Mm-hmm. And that is lysergic acid. Diethylamide. Thank you, Nick. Alley-oop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Under the di- they did this under the direction of the agency's chemist and poison expert, Sidney... Gottlieb, Gottlieb, excuse me, Gottlieb. He was known as the sorcerer, by the way, by the agency. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, the sorcerer was also head later on uh, of this PIA program that creates high tech gadgets for spies to use. Okay. All right. So Sydney, the sorcerer, believed the agency could harness the drug's mind altering properties for brainwashing or psychological torture and then ultimately mind control. Yes. And before we dive into exactly what those experiments were and the ridiculousness of it all and insanity and, I mean, pure terror, oh. we're going to talk about Sidney Gottlieb okay. um, because he was an interesting character in the CIA. And he wasn't, yeah, and hopefully ahead. I'll be able to pronounce his name by the time we're done with this. Hey, you got it. You got it. You got there. Um, but he wasn't your common, stiff, Ivy League CIA agent. Uh, he was born uh, and had a stutter and a club foot, which got him rejected from military service in World War II, but did not present or, or prevent his pursuit to fulfill his lifelong passion of serving his country and folk dancing. Yeah. Club foot folk dancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Absolutely uh, amazing. No shade to any club foot uh, folk dancers. Yeah. Well, after his college years studying biochemistry, agriculture, and botany, he moved into a remote cabin in Virginia with no electricity or running water, farming and raising livestock with his wife and kids. He was living here when he was recruited to the CIA, so he was kind of a hippie, which yeah, was weird. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time of his recruitment, Project Bluebird, uh, predecessor to MK Ultra, was already underway. This project experimented with special interrogation techniques. Quote, unquote. Exactly. <laughs> on captured prisoners overseas at black sites using drugs to attempt to break their ego uh, control and elicit information. So, real quick, black sites are uh, yeah. unlisted sites that yeah. uh, the U.S. or other countries use to uh, do very illegal things sure. uh, without it being on record. Yeah, that's right. uh, but Bluebird lacked scientific knowledge and uh, obedience, and soon, and the soon-to-be head of the CIA, Alan Dulles, wanted Gottlieb to get it back on course. Mm-hmm. It was then reorganized and renamed Project Artichoke, which had a major focus of not just extracting information, but implanting and erasing it as well, like Weird. we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Gottlieb conducted experiments using THC, cocaine, heroin, mescaline, before realizing <laughs> that LSD had not been properly tested or investigated by the agency. Yeah. 
after trying LSD for the first time himself, yeah. Gottlieb accelerated LSD experiments at the agency, testing it on agents who agree- agreed to be dosed under controlled environments yeah. and some who agreed to be dosed by surprise. <laughs> Gottlieb, by his own estimate, dosed over 200 times. Yes, he did. He really, yeah. really liked it. And this was like just the beginning <laughs> of them starting to do uh, experiments, quote unquote experiments, if you can even call them that, right. on U.S. soil before it had all been done on black sites. Right. So they're just it's... starting here. They do have some consent. You know? <laughs> even if it's by surprise, I they were like, yeah, this. you can do it. I love this. It's like, do you want the blue pill by surprise or the red pill by mm-hmm. surprise? You know, just put it in a bag and don't even tell me about right. it. Right. You know? Well, I mean, half the time it was like they were dosing their coffee and stuff like that. So any <laughs> any liquid in the office, you just sort of like, oh, uh, God, is I this know. it? What a weird thing to right? come to work. Or like, what if I said I wanted to be in the controlled experiment, but somebody screwed it up. And now all of a sudden I'm surprised, surprised. Well, that's what they said. They agreed <laughs> to be dosed by surprise. No, no, I know. But yeah. what if the people who didn't got oh, it yeah, accidentally? It, oh, oh, shit. Greg's drinking out of that cup. That's not for Greg. So well, we can... <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens to Greg. It's going to be a great day. Hey, bud. How you feeling today? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. <sighs> okay. Not so good. It'd be a little weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, that, you know, got lived by his own estimate, dosed 200 times. Well, let's just say the drug became an obsession for the mm-hmm. agency and allocated $25 million to study its effects, for fuck's sake. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was created in 1943 by Dr. Albert Hoffman at the Sandoz Laboratory in Basel, Switzerland. Sandoz was the world's largest pharmaceutical factory and major producer of LSD at that time. In the early 50s, CIA officials arranged to pay, listen to this, $240,000 to buy the world's entire supply of the drug. This is aimed to stop other countries from controlling the supply. Again, remember, we're all in fear. Yeah. And we have to hoard everything. Nuclear bombs, Nazis, mm-hmm. LSD. LSD. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Freaking so weird. Now, they they got 10 kilograms of LSD, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's enough for 100 million doses. Okay. Yeah. And for the money, which is for the money at that time, to, in today's dollars, it equates to $3 million worth of acid these people bought. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Okay. So. And that's just the start. <laughs> that's just the start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, in 1953, Dulles was made deputy director of the CIA, and he was unsatisfied with the results of Project. Project Artichoke. Okay. So Dulles is the guy that originally brought Sidney Gottlieb yeah, into the CIA. But he wasn't the head at the time. No. Now in 1953, he's made the head. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does he do? Okay, so once again, the program was expanded and reorganized. Project Artichoke, right? It's expanded and reorganized. And that's when we enter Project MK Ultra with Sidney Gottlieb appointed at Gottlieb, excuse me, appointed as director of the program. So mm-hmm. before he wasn't director and neither was Dulles actually, but now both of them, Dulles being the head and then Sidney being the head of the program. Okay. Now 
During, uh, now remember, during Operation Bluebird and Artichoke, the CIA, as Nick was saying, the CIA had established uh, secret detention centers throughout Europe and East Asia, particularly in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines, as they were largely under American control in the period, uh, in the period of the early 50s, because it's just after the war, right? There, they didn't have to worry about any legal entanglements Mm-mm. carrying out their experiments built on Nazi research and later via Okay, Operation Paperclip, Nazi collaboration for fuck's sake. Yay. Unbelievable. Okay, it's, uh, CIA officers in Europe and Asia captured enemy agents and others who they felt might be sus- a, a, sus- a person of suspect or otherwise what they called expendable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk about a nightmare becoming reality. These people would be grabbed, thrown into cells, and experimented on. Okay? Yeah. You're walking down the street, and here comes the van. Yeah. Not just once or twice, but indefinitely. Experimented on not just once or twice, but indefinitely and mostly to the point of madness and or death, people. Okay? So it's not like you come back from the mothership from this motherfucker. Okay? No. This is it. This is the end ride. No, they were testing limits and going crazy. And, like, this is not people who, like, were already in jail. These are people they're just grabbing that they think won't be missed. Right. And they are, without any sort of trial or anything, putting them to their own judgment. Oh, my God. Now, Project Ultra not only continued these experiments abroad, like Bluebird and Artichoke, Okay. Yeah. But they started also conducting them on unwitting mental hospital patients, federal prisoners, U.S. citizenry, and sometimes military personnel who were also deemed expendable. Yeah. And I just want to point something out here. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, Nick and I, when we were talking about this, Nick brought something up that I thought was so poignant in this is that where's. What what scientific controlled freaking yeah yeah <laughs> no I mean as we get into these as we start to describe some of these quote unquote experiments in detail like yeah. there's no control group there's no absolutely no form of actual scientific right. experiment here. that we have that we have yeah, any time. no scientific procedure followed they uh just were flying by the seat of their pants doing yeah. the craziest shit and I will point out too that we have Nazi people Mm -hmm. helping us these guys were a lot of these guys were acquitted okay at the nuremberg Mm -hmm. trials but what they what the cia agents did the nazis that were were prosecuted did they did the same thing that the c the cia is doing the same thing that they did only it's crazy i mean it (laughs) it could even be like in you know it's definitely not uh, even close to as bad as the death toll uh, of the Nazis, but True. the, the True. Nazis got better scientific uh, uh, research Search. from what was going on than than the CIA did because there was no scientific no, procedure that being we, followed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this program funded an army of psychiatric institutions across the United States and Canada to perform experiments on patients using high doses of psychoactive drugs, sensory deprivation, electroshock treatment, hypnosis, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, and other forms of torture. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even it. No. So between 1957, this is one of those hospitals that we're talking about. Between mm-hmm. 1957 and 1964, psychiatric experiments were conducted at the Allen Memorial Institute in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Psychiatric... Ooh. 
Psychiatrist Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron led and conducted these experiments. Now, Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron at this point was considered one of the top psychiatrists in the world at wow. this point. He was known as a miracle worker for uh -huh. anxiety and depression uh -huh. and was head of the American and Canadian Psychiatric Association. Wow, bona fide. Yes. But then MK Ultra gets their hands on him. The horror stories from experiments here are so numerous that it's hard to comprehend. Uh. One of the worst ones, a patient, Esther Schreier, went to the hospital for anxiety and postpartum depression. Oh. She spent 30 days in what was called the sleep room, okay. a place where patients were put in a drug-induced coma and roused only for three feedings and bathroom breaks per day. Uh -huh. She lost 13 pounds that month. Jesus. Now, that might not seem like a huge amount to a normal uh, person, but she was pregnant I was at the time. I was going to say, she postpartum, so she had just given birth. So. Yeah, well, she had lost a baby and was pregnant again and oh. was dealing with the guilt of having <gasps> lost the previous baby. Oh, God. And was currently pregnant while oh, she my lost 13 God. pounds. While well, your body's supposed to be growing. Holy shit, Tarzan. Her records showed that she couldn't stand up because she was too <gasps> weak. She also underwent a treatment called depatterning, which Cameron was huge about. What was Cameron it? believed that breaking down a patient's mind to a childlike state through drugs and electroshock therapy oh would allow him to work from a clean slate, oh whereby God. he could then reprogram the patients. What about the baby? Yeah, yeah. We're not even... It, there is no no Mention. care about that whatsoever. Yeah, of course not. So he was coming at it from, uh, oh, we need to wipe their minds so we get rid of their psychological issues and rebuild the person oh. from there. But this is eerily similar to what the CIA was trying to do with MK Ultra, trying to wipe the mind and create Whoa. an agent of their chaos. You right, know? right, 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 right. Um, so, uh, part of his reprogramming regime would in uh, would involve what he dubbed psychic driving, which meant Ooh. playing recorded messages to the patients for up to 20 hours a day, whether they were asleep oh or awake. Oh, my God. These voices played through headphones, <gasps> helmets, oh or speakers sometimes installed right into the patient's pillow. Oh, my. Records show some oh. patients would hear these messages up to half a million times. Oh, my God. And I didn't write this in here, but this these weren't necessarily nice productive messages. A lot of them was like, your mother hates you. <gasps> you're, a, you're a bad parent. Oh, like, my God. Just tearing people I down. I can't stop saying, oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> By March 12, 1960, Esther Schreier's medical records state that she was considered completely depatterned. She was Ugh. incontinent, <gasps> mute, and had trouble swallowing. Oh, my God. Like I said, she was pregnant throughout this entire time as well while she was undergoing uh, heavy doses of drugs, electroshock treatment. Oh, my. There were multiple times where she would be bleeding uh, uh, from her genitals <gasps> throughout this time period. They, uh, She forgot how to boil water. She needed a book to <gasps> teach her how to take care of her child, even the basic, most oh, basic things like Jesus. breastfeeding. It was absolutely horrible she was unable to talk for an extended period of time what like like i said incontinent she was she couldn't even control her bowels what it was absolutely terrifying and this was just one of the stories so many things like this happened oh my god yeah i don't know how to feel right now even after that so the after a certain amount of time the M mk ultra stopped funding this research by dr cameron thank god but then the Canadian government took up and started funding it further. Jesus, So it continued no! on even past him oh, doing this crazy shit. Fuck. 
So it's like the MK Ultra was infectious to yeah. everybody that was involved. Yeah. Even scientific brains, scientific minds, people that knew how research should be done and how, how you know the boundaries of what should be done. Done, sure. As soon What's as they ethical? Got, yeah, as soon as they got involved with MK Ultra, all that went out the window, and they went fucking crazy with this shit. It was insane. Well, I think somebody. What I think what happened is that when people are told that they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you go down that road, you yeah. know, it really separates, you know, like where you no longer have to operate on a yep. level playing field as everybody else. Yeah. It does not bring out the best in most people. Oh, not, definitely most people not. cannot handle that kind of power. Yeah. They're not good at it. There's a oversight is important. Oh my God. I guess that I can't stop saying that. Yeah. Okay. Now in the federal penitentiaries, Prisoners were subjected to experiments uh, via MK Ultra, the sorcerer, as well. Now enter Whitey Bulger. Okay, oh, wow. so, yeah. So, oh my God, you guys. So, okay, who, what, Whitey? Again, this turns out to be a whole other episode. Seriously, this guy, his story is fascinating. I'm just like, seriously, this isn't even scratching the surface of yeah. Whitey Bulger. Okay. Now, it's a freaking nightmare. It's a whole other episode. That's what we came up with, too. That one horrible episode after, an, like, another that we have to tell you, tell you guys about. Now, in, let's get back to Bo, uh, Whitey. In 1956, Bulger served his first term in federal prison at, at the Atlanta Penitentiary for armed robbery and uh, truck hijacking. You know, what you do in a day. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> you know, shit happens. Okay. While there, he volunteered for what he uh, was told was an experiment aimed at finding a cure for schizophrenia. Okay, and that was a theme, actually, that MKUltra used. Like, oh, here, take this. It's going to help the crazy people. Yeah. Okay, but in reality, he was used as a human subject in the uh, CIA-sponsored MKUltra program. And as part of this experiment, he and other inmates were given LSD every day for more than a year. Uh-huh. God. That's right. That's insane. Okay. Federal federal penitentiary prisoners. Okay. He later realized that this had nothing to do with schizophrenia, and he and the other prisoners were, in fact, guinea pigs in a government experiment at aiming at seeing what people's long-term reactions to LSD was. <laughs> <laughs> in prison. In prison. Is. I mean, I guess, like, you know. All right. Okay. Okay, uh, we essentially we could make a person lose his mind by feeding him LSD every day, could we? Well, he's already in prison. Anyway, Bulger wrote afterward about his experiences, which he described as quite horrific, by the way. Again, that's a person with who's a guy like Whitey Bulger saying quite horrific. Okay? Yeah. Uh, he thought he was going insane. He wrote, I was in prison for committing a crime, but they committed a greater crime on me. And towards the end of his life, Bulger came to realize the truth of what had happened to him. And he actually told his friends he was going to find that doctor in Atlanta who was the head of the experiment program in the penitentiary and go kill him. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you experiment on a mobster. Probably not the best thing that's going to come out of it for you. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, shit writes itself. Right. Now the doctor later died of a natural death, so Bulger didn't get to carry out his wish. Poor bastard. Dang. But, okay, Bulger was one of the many prisoners across America who unwittingly were fed huge doses of LSD, and the reason for this was very simple. 
the quest it's been the quest for ages to find the key to control the mind of others and and other and to create the perfect assassin so of course they're going to start in a prison because these guys have already you know kind of do assassin work i guess that was the thought process i don't know once again that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, each section of this that we're talking oh about, there's God. enough uh, to fill a book, and many books have, have been, been written about. Yes, it. yes. yeah, but yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> so, I, not only were they doing uh, studies and research on psychological patients, on prisoners, uh, veterans, and all sorts of other stuff, but the CIA also begun to fund studies at Columbia University, yeah, sure. Stanford University, well, and other colleges. Colleges. Via phony philanthropic foundations. Uh huh. <laughs> Apparently, uh, university researchers had no idea that None. their research was actually being funded by the CIA. None. It's through those research experiments that people like Ginsburg and Kesey and Robert Hunter got introduced to LSD, kicking off the famous acid parties and the counterculture of the 1960s and 70s. Actually, the MK Ultra director, Sidney Gottlieb, can now be seen as, quote, the man with the program. <laughs> so the man with the plan. Yeah, <laughs> the man with the program uh, who brought LSD to America. The unwitting godfather of the entire LSD counterculture, if you will. Which, my friends, is once again a whole, whole other, other episode. episode. If anything can be seen as a positive coming out of the out of MK Ultra, it's simply that Sidney Gottlieb accidentally put LSD in the hands of people who would go and give it to artists and yeah. give it to and basically create this counterculture. Yeah. But there was in no way their goal, no. or you know, they they didn't want that. I don't to think happen. they had any idea where it was going on. No, there. it yeah. was too late by yeah. the time it you know it was it already was in full swing. Out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, but just briefly, these experiments on college students were by and large voluntary, mm -hmm. uh, but based on false premises. Yeah. For example. Stanford University was running a program in which they asked for volunteers to come in and try a new substance. Uh -huh. These volunteers were paid to take not new substances <laughs> like LSD, psilocybin, and mescaline and report on their experience. Okay, those aren't new. Even no. if you put them in a cocktail, it's still not new. No. Okay. Among them were counterculture icons like American beatnik poet Allen Ginsberg and the lyricist for the Grateful Dead, Robert Hunter. Mm -hmm. The Grateful Dead played the first acid test party one week before the, beham, the band became known as the Grateful Dead yeah. as the Warlocks <laughs> on November 27th, 1965. The Warlocks? Yeah. <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> Seriously, right? The Warlocks, we got the Sorcerer. <laughs> Um, okay. And, you know, a lot of people in the vibe involved were definitely the ungrateful dead. Um, <laughs> For sure. But Ken please don't think we forgot to mention Ken Kesey, Timothy Leary, uh, Raheem Doss, the Merry Pranksters, just to name a few and their links to the MK Ultra program. Again, there's it's just a whole <laughs> it's a whole thing. There's it's, so yeah. much. Yeah. And we will do that one, actually, because, uh, well, you guys, you know, there it is. Yeah. OK, now. Back to the in the early 1950s, Gobley hired George Hunter White to run a safe house for him in New York City, uh, to which people would be lured off the streets and then given to and then given LSD, so CIA officers could watch them from an adjoining apartment through a one-way mirror. It was called Operation Midnight Climax. Wow. Yeah. Wow. On the nose a bit, huh? <laughs> 
Midnight Climax. <laughs> and just because I love saying it so much. Yeah. Operation Midnight Climax tested LSD on unwitting Johns frequenting government-employed prostitutes. Yeah, they gave prostitutes get-out-of-jail-free cards okay. to pay them for this. That's okay. Insane. Yeah. The prostitutes dosed the Johns as CIA agents recorded their experiment experiences in the agency-owned safe, if you want to call them safe houses, yeah. whilst drinking cocktails. Yep. Yes. Most Operation Midnight Climax experiments took place in San Francisco and Martin County, California, and in New York City, having little oversight. Jesus, really? Little oversight is an understatement. Yeah. And the agents involved admitted a free wheeling potty like atmosphere mm-hmm. here's a quote from georgie himself mr wright wrote to goblin and excuse me goblin and really the source goblin, yeah. <laughs> uh goblin gobbly in 1971 of course i was a very minor miss uh missionary actually a heretic but i toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun 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 where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, and cheat, and steal, and deceive, and rape, and pillage with the sanction and the blessing from the all-highest? Yeah, that's the quote, insane. people. Yeah. I didn't make that up. <laughs> Once again, we could do a whole a whole other episode just about George Hunter White, because oh, he was a crazy character as well. Holy shit, Tarzan. But yeah, sitting behind the two-way mirror, just drinking a martini. They also had a portable toilet back there, so he was just sitting, <laughs> taking a dump, watching dudes get dosed on LSD. Uh, dosed so, and done! Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dose for you, dose for me. <laughs> Dosey dough. Yeah. Okay. Well, the experiments continued even after Frank Olson, an army chemist who had never taken LSD, was covertly dosed by his CIA supervisor and nine days later plunged to his death from the window of a 13th story New York City <laughs> hotel room, yeah. supposedly, supposedly as a result of a deep depression <laughs> induced by the drug. Yeah, okay. According to Stephen Kinzer, Olson had approached his supervisors sometime earlier doubting the morality of the project and asked to resign from the cia <laughs> so they dosed him. well they had him resign that's yeah. one way jumping out of 13th story jesus yeah window. so in the end yeah. sydney the sorcerer had to admit that mind control was an impossible flight of fancy mm-hmm. he went on working for the cia making spy gadgets for agents in the field he and the former head of the cia destroyed mk ultra documents yep what we have today is a fraction of the original research documents, but those that remain paint a very horrific picture indeed. Indeed. Absolutely terrifying stuff. Yeah, and I guess uh, how they f- some of these documents came to light is that they were just kind of accounting documents, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing led to another. We um, Something else had happened with the NSA and the uh, a committee, the church committee named after Frank Church, the... the the, the representative that anyway that the head of the committee there um when this stuff started coming out they actually did uh interview sydney 
mm-hmm. who was not living in the country anymore. Yeah. And he said, you know, I just can't recall. So yeah, <laughs> like over and over again. So yeah, well, that was, that was with a lot of the people involved. They just kept saying that they couldn't recall. They yeah. had destroyed, uh, uh, the paperwork, uh, and they had said it was to protect the identities of those who might be embarrassed by what was done to them. Oh, or how really? They, yeah, exactly. Really? That's who you're protecting. Mm-hmm. Oh, the innocent people. Yeah. You know who else was protected? Was that auto guy, the guy who invented sarin gas, mm-hmm. that guy. So Hitler apparently had given him an award for creating sarin gas. And oh, okay, I just want to briefly tell you guys about this. Okay, so they could have ended the war. They had bunkers. We found bunkers of sarin gas uh, barrels that were ready to go into bombs. But mm-hmm. for some reason, Hitler never freaking did that. Never yeah. had the, his Air Force... Uh, Drop the bombs of sarin gas. Yeah. Okay. But he gave him an award for a million francs for inventing sarin gas. Mm-hmm. So during the Nuremberg trials, this guy is acquitted and he's able to keep all of his money, including the million francs that Hitler had given him as yep. this award. Speaking of awards, that that guy we still there's a i think it's an award in nasa that still gives awards in his name okay the guy oh who God. invented sarin gas the nazi that we got an operation yep. paperclip absolutely insane it it is it is you know every single thing that mk ultra touched every idea that they had went yeah. completely off the rails off the everybody rails. seemingly involved i mean we know that everybody involved was also doing a lot of lsd themselves but even <laughs> yeah. that LSD doesn't take away your humanity. These are monsters. monsters. These are absolute monsters. Yes. Um, there was this funny story, like just to just to give you a sense of how unhinged Sidney Gottlieb was during this time period. There's this fun little story about one of a new guy that had just come onto the program. He was driving Sidney Gottlieb around at one point. He's like, "Stop!" And he gets out of the car and shoots a eucalyptus tree with a dart from an elephant gun. Oh my god! Yeah. And then he's like, all right, in two days, come back and look at this tree and, and tell me what happens. And the tree died. But, what like, just jumps out of yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Nobody hell? knows. What? Nobody knows. But it just absolutely, ins- like, randomly just, yeah, it was, it was completely off the rails. Okay, now, and I want to tell you people something, okay? Because a lot of people who know me think I'm paranoid, okay? <laughs> a lot of people know that I am very careful cat. Okay, mm-hmm. you're gonna. It's hard to sneak up on Susan. Okay, this is. I know that it's go time because I'm. I'm. I'm a girl. I'm a woman. So you know. But do you realize that? And any time, any one of us, at any point, could be picked up, and thrown in a hole so dark and so deep, and nobody will ever see mm-hmm. you again. So you remember that when you're out there trick or treating, and you got, and you're shaking your money maker, and you're all drunk and shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the uh, CIA claims that yeah. when NK, MK Ultra ended, they ceased these types sure. of uh, these types of experiments. But sure. Go back to the beginning of this episode right. and remember that they don't have to That's tell correct. us anything. I was just going to say. Absolutely. That hasn't anything. changed. Hasn't changed a bit. No. So we have no idea. We have no idea. Yeah. So, you know what? Have a good time this Halloween. Yeah, with, with, with that terrifying story to haunt your dreams tonight, yes, keep yes. you up being worried that you might be just nabbed by a CIA agent, agent and forced 
yeah. uh, dosed LSD, other crazy drugs that we might not even know of at this point. Yeah. Electroshock therapy, uh, be kept up or made to sleep for days at a time, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just, just some fun stuff. Yeah. And always beware of the second location. So thanks for listening to Cannabis Nation. We hope this has had... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that again. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Nation. We hope this has shed light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. Come and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Cannabis Nation Podcast. This is Susan. And Nick. And Denona Sydney Gottlieb and the CIA bought some LSD doing something unholy. Boo.